Well, good to see you tonight. It's good to have Gary and his family, at least some of them. He'll tell us about the rest of them. I got to spend a lot of time with him uh, on yesterday. And this afternoon, I told him we pray for him, and I know that uh, you know that's true. Uh, this is like home to them. They lived here for about 15 years, and this is their their home church. They've been a member of a lot of churches, but... Uh, they feel at home here, and I know you love them. Gary's my friend. Uh, he's a co-laborer. We go way back. And so we uh, cry together, we laugh together, and we learn and we grow together. And so I love to read his prayer letters. I told him last night because of what he does, the things that he's done. He's just doing such a good job over there, and Tammy is too. And... Uh, Cody is raising money. He's about 40-something percent. Gary shared with me. There's another, <coughs> pardon me, <coughs> another young man and his wife. They've been in our church last year, uh, and they're at about 80 percent. So they're going to have a, a group of people. They're going to be there helping them. That will really make a, a big difference. But come on up, Gary. And uh, the time is yours. We're so glad that you're here and honored that uh, you're here for a while. And then they'll be heading back at the end of next week, I think. So time is yours, buddy. God bless Love you. you. Love you so much. Love you Love very you. much. Yes, sir, buddy. Good evening. Um, we really are excited to be back with you folks. And it is home to us. Um, just thinking, sitting there before we got up, just... How many of you guys have kids that, that we were privileged to just uh, have a small part of their lives and be in, uh, just spend a lot, of, a lot of great years here? And we love Friendship Baptist very much and love you folks and are very thankful for your, uh, your support. Um, normally when we come back, um, we don't come back for a furlough for like a year like a lot of folks do every four years. We come back every 12 to 18 months. Um, and we stay for a shorter time, maybe four to five weeks. Uh, this time it's six and a half weeks. Um, and we do that for a number of reasons. One, so that we don't have to leave our ministry for a long, long time. That's just a little harder on a ministry. Uh, two, it's so that um, we can see our parents. Both our folks are, are getting older. And uh, my mom's 81, almost 82. Uh, Tammy's folks are, are 80 and 78, almost, so... And they're struggling physically. So, and we just really want our kids to know their grandparents. So we do that. And, um, and I know you guys understand that. And, um, but we've been back for, like I said, six and a half weeks. We go back Saturday. We'll fly out of Nashville, go through Atlanta on down to Santiago. And next Sunday we'll be back in our place doing our thing. Uh, normally when I go to churches, what we do when we come back is I'll give a report, 15 minutes, show slides or photos, and then the preacher has me pe- um, preach or something. And Rick said I could do whatever I wanted. And if you don't mind, excuse me, if you don't mind, I'd just like to um, be a little transparent with you tonight. I'd like to um, give you time at the end to, to ask questions. And um, just to kind of go back and forth so you can know what we do. Um, you know, uh, we talked about missions this morning in Sunday school. And uh, I really believe what I, what I taught this morning, that 
My job is not to, to just grow one big church, but it's to plant many churches, to train leaders and, and plant churches and, and get out of the guy's way, let them do the work. And uh, so that's what we're doing. We've spent a lot of time in our new location in La Vega. It's like Las Vegas without the S's, La Vega. And it's not like Las Vegas in any way, shape, or form other than the name. But um, uh, we spent a lot of time uh, trying to put together a, a, a process whereby we can develop leaders, develop believers, disciples, and leaders. And that kind of stuff takes a long time on the front end. It's a lot of hard work. So I, I spent a lot of time translating, if you can imagine, uh, me trying to translate when my Spanish is not good to begin with. Um, and so, uh, we've, you know, to be honest, the church growth has not been super fast where we're at. Um, we've had some ups and downs. But we're really trying hard to, and we, we really believe we're doing it the right way. And, um, and so we hope in the, in the uh, soon-to-be years, months maybe, I hope more like years, that we'll, we'll see some guys come along and, and really give their hearts to Christ. And, and we'll be able to develop them and, and actually plant other churches. Um, so that's what I'd like to do now. Is just show you, I'll show you a few pictures, talk you through some things, give, let you know about some things. Tamer's going to come up and share a testimony in a few minutes. And then at the end, we'll just do some questions. Maybe try to leave 10, 15 minutes for questions because you guys always have great questions. And, uh, and that way you can just know what's going on with us as opposed to me giving a presentation. You know, you kind of, forgive me, but you kind of get polished and you, you know how to do it and, and, and spin it and everything. And I just don't want to do that with you tonight. I just kind of want to be transparent and and let you know. So uh, I try really hard to write positive prayer letters, encouraging, because I want to encourage you. You folks are sacrificing um, so we can be on the field and so we can share the gospel. And I want you to be encouraged and, and not discouraged. I want you to know that what you're doing really makes a difference. So we try really hard to write positive, honest prayer letters. Um, tonight, maybe I'll share one or two things that don't necessarily always get in the prayer letter that help you to pray for us. Okay. But uh, Ben, can you pull up a, a slide or two? That's our crew there, and you see Ben down front, and he is, I mean, sorry, you see Cody down front in the red, and uh, he's no longer part of our crew. He's got his own crew. He and Julia, they came through a few months ago, I know, and um, somebody asked this morning, how's Cody doing? I don't think that kid could be any happier. He is loving married life, and uh, he's so thrilled, and he, he's enjoying, he's been on deputation now for, I guess they started in January after they got married, and this summer, they've been on the road since she's been out of school. Uh, she has one semester left at, at Pensacola, um, and then they'll go full-time. But uh, they're doing pretty well. They're about 40%, and they're encouraged. Um, he called me a couple weeks ago, or no, a couple months ago, and said, Dad, I'm thinking about quitting my job. He worked part-time job at a, at a sporting goods store and helped pay the bills. And he had some support that was already coming in. He said, Dad, I just think... The Lord wants me to quit my job and, and just focus full-time on deputation, making phone calls. And um, You may not know this, but what you do when you're an independent Baptist missionary, you make a whole lot of phone calls. And you dial numbers, you, you, people you've never met, and you ask pastors to let you come and share their ministry, your ministry with them. And basically, you, get a, you spend, I know when I was doing it, I would call for four to five hours a day. And if I booked one meeting in that day, it was a good day. Um, it's, it's, it's tedious. It's discouraging at times. Um, sometimes you'll get a guy say, well, you know, we already have a missionary in the Dominican Republic. And you want to say, well, how many Baptist churches are there in your state? 
you know. But guys, I get it. They want to have an impact in everywhere. But it's just tough. So he's, but he's doing that. He, he, so he quit his job. And um, uh, they had a meeting the very first weekend. And they had two different meetings on Sunday morning and Sunday night. And both churches took him on. And he just took that as a sign of God's approval. And well, the, the cool thing was when he, when he turned in his two weeks notice, his boss said, well, Cody, when the summer's over and Julia has to go back to school and you have to come back and live here during the week, you can have your job back. So he got the best of both worlds. And he just trusted God and did the right thing. I'm real proud of him. And uh, I can tell you this, and, um, and I'm a bragging father, so I'm going to just be straight up with you. He's an incredibly effective missionary. Cody has a ministry. I'm sure he told you about the public school that he ministers in. Cody's a Pied Piper. He, he walks in there and the kid's just, Cody, Cody! And uh, they love him. And the last three months or so that he was ministering in the public school, he saw close to 40 kids come to Christ between the ages of third or fourth grade and eighth grade. Now, when I tell you that, I want you to understand that he, he's not giving invitation and kids are raising their hand. What happens, he can't give an invitation in the classroom. He goes in every day of the week, and he's in two different classes, and he teaches a Bible lesson, a Bible story. And then he tells them at the end, he says, now look. They don't do some games with him, but he'll say, now look, if you want to know more about, about Jesus and about how to go to heaven, how God can, God's love for you, I'll be here tomorrow when recess starts. And they all have the same recess hour. He says, I'll be here, and you guys come see me. And so what would happen is, just about every day or so, one or two kids would come up to him at recess on their own, their own, their own prerogative, and say, hey, Cody, I want to know more about this. And so um, Cody's incredibly effective. Um, we miss him dearly in our church. Um, our junior church program has suffered greatly. Um, to be honest, we had a girl that um, just go through some really rough circumstances that I'm going to have to deal with when I get back. And I don't want to say in, in, with kids and in in, folks in here, but... Um, and because we didn't, because Cody wasn't there, because our our children's workers aren't just didn't handle some things right, we miss Cody tremendously. So he did a lot of training before he left, but we need to do some more, to be honest. So I just tell you that to, to pump him up and, and tell you uh, thank you for encouraging them. I know he called me after being here, just talked about what a what a blessing it was to be here, how generous you folks were, um, and how how encouraged he was, and he just knew that God was God was uh, in this thing. So thank you very much. Uh, as a dad, you don't, oh, I'm sure you guys are parents too. You know how, how much that means to you. Um, our oldest son, Jesse, is 28, and he's in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Uh, he's an um, assistant basketball coach at Champion Christian College. And uh, he's chasing his dream to be a, a head coach, a college coach. And he's working on his master's. He asked me a couple years ago, he said, Dad, what do you think about me pursuing a college basketball coach? And I said, well, son. If you're willing to live out of your car and eat peanut butter sandwiches for a few years and, and, and work a bunch of odd jobs, long hours, I said, now's the time. And so he's been chasing that dream. And um, he's had some offers last summer, and, and he felt like God wanted him to stay where he's at. Um, he's real excited about this coming year. You pray for him. Um, he's, um, he's, for the first time in a long time, he's got a young lady that he's uh, a friend. And um, he's actually Cody's wife's sister. They met at the wedding. And so um, they're seeing each other, and um, we're hopeful if, if that's what God wants. So pray for them. He's doing very well, though. Then Courtney, our daughter's 27, and um, she and her husband, Jeff, um, he works for the school in the financial department. And Courtney um, works at a, a, a business in town. She does the books, of uh, HR stuff, and... Um, 
uh, they are foster parenting two, two little boys, um, 19 months and nine months. They just got them about a month ago, and uh, it's been uh, interesting. And um, they've not been able to have their own kids yet, and so they're real excited to have these, these two. And um, it's just really exciting to see her so happy. So we're very, very, uh, very thankful for the Lord's goodness there. I'm proud of them for taking that on. They're young to be fostering, and um, so they're doing well. Um, I told you about Cody. Ben's down at, at Trinity Baptist College uh, studying pastoral studies. He's getting ready to start his junior year. And uh, we're excited because he's going to graduate a semester early and save me some money. So I'm real excited about that. Uh, he has spent the last four summers at Fort Bluff Camp. And the last two, Heidi was there as well, uh, working at the camp. And he loves it. Um, so pray for him, though. If you want to pray for him, he's seeking an internship next summer. He wants to, to work in an internship at a local church before he finishes, he does his senior year. Heidi's uh, getting ready to start her senior year, and um, she's excited, and um, we're just praying about God's direction for her for college. She's interested in psychology, and um, she's been praying with my mind for years, and so, um, but um, she's doing very well. We're very proud of her. She plays um, soccer at the school that they attend and does quite well. And then Darby and Haley are probably in kids' choir right now. Are they? Well, Haley's not even here. Excuse me. Darby's in the nursery. Darby loves babies. She's always in the nursery. But Darby's 14. Haley's 12, almost 13. And uh, they're doing great. Ninth and eighth grade, doing wonderful, uh, growing up and loving the Lord. And so uh, we're just blessed. They have the opportunity to attend a Christian school. Tammy teaches in Santiago Christian School. It's a great education. Um, they have kids that graduate from the school and go on to Ivy League schools. It's a great education. And, and the Lord just opened the door for Tammy to teach there. And, and, um, and there's no way we could afford to send our kids there. And so we're very thankful for God's provision there. So can we go to the next slide real fast, brother? I'll, go, I'll move a little faster. Um, as you look up here, uh, hopefully you can see the photos. About three and a half years ago, we, we moved to a town in La Vega. Uh, we left San Pedro, uh, uh, Ramon Santana, where we planted the first church. And uh, we moved to La Vega to take a church that had lost its pastor, been without a pastor for three and a half years. The church was down to about 12 people, 12 to 15, and it was about ready to close. And um, the, the missionary and his wife that had been there before had to leave suddenly, and just a lot, of, um, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain. And so we spent the first year or two just trying to help folks heal their wounds and, and just keep things going. Um, you see some of our folks are wonderful people. Our church has grown. We're up over 50 pretty much every Sunday now, and we're growing. Uh, we do a lot of, um, we, we do various activities, and folks like to get together and have a good time, uh, like any place. Uh, we have in-home Bible studies. This is a young, young adult's Bible study that I led for a while in folks' homes. Um, down below here on the left is Carnival. Now, if anybody here familiar with Carnival? Okay, Carnival is kind of like Hispanic... Um, Mardi Gras, thank you. And, uh, okay, you see the picture here. Okay, you see the, um, the beer bottle on the left, the Presidente beer bottle? Our church is about 15 feet to the left of that. And so that's what goes on on our street every Sunday during the month of February. It's crazy. It's horrible. It's nothing but loud music and alcohol and, and promiscuity. Um, it's truly not good. Um, and it takes over our town for a month. And so uh, we've tried doing some outreach during the time. It's, it's just so crazy. You really can't get anything done, to be honest with you. But um, I ask you to pray for us because 
about two weeks ago, a man walked into our church on a Wednesday night and said, hey, I'm looking for the pastor. And he said, well, he's not here. Well, we wanna, I want to buy your church. And because we sit on a main thoroughfare, main corner, and he said, we want to buy your church. And the guy, folks said, why do you want to buy our church? Well, you know, uh, it would be a good spot for us, and, and you should leave because this, you know, this is such a loud corner, and Satan's very active here. And, and our folks said, well, if Satan's active here, we need to stay, and, um, which I appreciate their, um, their passion. I appreciate their, their desire to praise the Lord. But to be honest with you, it wouldn't be a bad idea if we could get the right amount of money to sell and move to more of a neighborhood setting. We get absolutely no walk-up crowd. We live on, on this, we're on this main street. They're always having bike races and parades. And uh, about a month ago, two months ago, they had the, the parade of the bomberos. Bomberos are firemen. So they're honoring the firemen, which is awesome. But they do it at 11 o'clock, and they do it with every siren known to mankind. And, and you got to understand, Dominicans, most Dominicans are, have lost a large portion of their hearing because they play their music so loud. And the sirens, we have to stop. We can't continue. I was in the middle of a message. I said, hey, let's go look at the parade. And we all just wanted to watch them go by for 15 minutes, and then we come back. And so it would have to be a, 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 a large offer, but it would be something that, that we, would, we would entertain if we could move to a, a more of a, a, a neighborhood setting. And we could get some land beside us. We could have um, basketball court and, and facilities for outreach and children and stuff. So pray for us that God would, if, you know, who knows if God's in this thing or not. So we'll go back and find out what's going on. But that's, that's La Vega. Can you advance it for me, brother? Um, I told you that a larger part of what we do is trying to lay the foundation. Um, the, the couple that was there before us, great people. They worked so hard. And they spent a lot of time knocking on doors. And... And I'm not against door knocking. I got saved door knocking. Rick knocked on my door one night and led me to Christ. But in the Dominican, Dominicans equate door knocking with Mormons and with Jehovah's Witnesses. And the Dominicans are very polite. They'll listen to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not listening. And then you go out the door. And so uh, what we've tried to do is, is really focus on personal evangelism. As Rick used to talk about redemptive relationships. And um, we try to encourage our folks to, to share their story, how Christ has changed their life often. And, um, and so we, we've spent a lot of time cultivating that mindset. Uh, the young man here to the right, top right, his name is Ricky. Uh, Ricky and I have spent the last year together going through discipleship. And he came to Christ, and he's, he's 22 years old. He's about to graduate college. And um, he's very passionate for the Lord. Um, but Dominicans are... Um, our culture, there's so many things that, that call out for their attention that they're easily distracted. I have a friend of mine, another missionary, who says the hardest thing about doing ministry in the DR is logistics. Just getting people to where they need to be so you can minister to them. Um, it's just so easy. That, you know, you can have a, an appointment set, but if someone says, hey, I need you to come over here, then they go. Or their boss will call without any, any notice. The boss will say, you have to stay late, and you have to work till 8 o'clock. And they don't, they don't really have any say because jobs are so far and few. So Ricky is growing in the Lord. Uh, he was just baptized a couple months ago. Um, and you pray for Ricky. I, I really believe God could do some wonderful things through his life. And um, uh, the, the lady you see Tammy with, her name is Ramona. She's a mother of uh, four. Her, her and her husband split about nine years ago. Uh, he's lost. Um, and she's one of our Sunday school teachers. She loves the Lord. And... Um, 
She's a, a key member of our local church, of our church. And you can see Heidi in the background. You can see what we have to deal with. You know, the little, you can pray for me with Heidi. But um, um, that's what you get for photobombing. That's what you get for photobombing. I put you up there. Okay. Okay. Um, down here on the right, well, on the left, you see Jefferson. Um, he's a young man that we just um, baptized, and he's really going through discipleship himself. He's growing in the Lord very quickly. Um, he works our sound system, and bless his heart, he knows nothing about it. And so it's a, it's a constant um, uh, work in progress. And so you pray for me and our sound system, but he's helping. He's a good guy, sweet spirit. And then the bottom right photo is a photo of um, our first seminary class. I told you about how we're trying to train up leaders and plant churches. And um, so we had a, a friend of mine who's a, a church planner in Charlotte, a, um, a Latin uh, a Hispanic church planner in Charlotte come down and he did a, a week long on hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is, just a, a, is how to interpret the Bible. And so he, he did a, a week um, coming and teaching every night. And I thought, man, if we just have four people show up, I'll be thrilled. I was so excited. We had 20 folks every night show up and sit down. And it was thick stuff. It was notes and it was, it was deep stuff. And they did a great job. And we had three people take the test, and all three graduates passed it. And so it was encouraging. You can see a picture of that. And I told you about our process. What, what we've tried to do is we, if you allow me to illustrate is we do personal discipleship. And we, we spend a lot of time. It's about a 17-lesson course. You know, we break it in half and uh, nine and eight weeks. And uh, it usually takes more than a week to do each lesson. And, and some people say, well, that's just too much. People aren't going to do it. Well, folks... We don't need Christians that are going to do what's easy. We're looking for people that, that are serious, that, that want to make a difference with their life. And so we've intentionally asked a lot of people, and, uh, and we've had good response. And so we're, I think I wrote a few months ago, we're in our, um, we're the point now we have a, a third generation disciple discipling a fourth generation, a new believer. And that's exciting to me. And it's not, it's not many, it's only one, but we have other, other younger couples and other uh, sets going on. And so we're, we're prayerful that in a, in a few years we'll have a number of, of mature believers influencing others, discipling. And so then we don't add, we, we, we multiply and we grow exponentially. So that's what it's about. But so we have, we have our, our personal discipleship, which is a huge emphasis. And then we offer, um, we have a, um, we call the school of capacitation or, or equip, ELS, equipping the saints. Um, equipando los santos. And we're trying to equip our people to serve within the local church. Teaching them how to witness. We teach them how to, um, how to study their Bible. We have courses in, in there's like six courses we offer. Uh, how to, um, the, the process of spiritual development. It's basically a study through Second Peter. And so we, we have that going on. And then now we've just started our seminary. Our Bible Institute is probably a better way to call it. Our Bible Institute. And so when I go back at the end of August, um, we'll begin teaching another class on doctrines. And so, um, so if you want to pray for us, you can pray for that process. Pray that God would, would prosper us with people that are, that are serious, that are passionate. And, um, you know, typical in most cultures is the women are, tend to be more drawn towards spiritual things than men. And, um, and it's very much the case in, in Latin countries, in our country in particular. It's very much the case. So pray for us because we need, we need men. 
men that will stand. I've told you before about our culture, how it's normal for a man to have, um, have a, a wife and, and other women and have kids with all of them, and they all know about each other, and it's just a kind of a hodgepodge. And, and because, of that, because of that, there's so many, so many problems that arise. It's like throwing a, a rock in a pond. The rings just keep going out and out and out, the, the effects. And one of the, the, the biggest effects is that men have no role in the upbringing of their children. And so boys don't have male role models. Um, our culture is very much like inner city United States without the violence. No matter what you're hearing about the people dying in the, in the Dominican, the Dominican is not a violent place. Dominicans love Americans. Um, they love tourism. That's their only industry we have. But we have a, we have a culture without fathers. And so um, I believe with all my heart, the only way we're going to transform the Dominican, though it will be transformed, put it that way, because I won't do it, will be if, if we see the homes transformed, marriages, and, and, and fathers step up. So please pray. Please pray about that. Can you go give me the next one, Ben? Oh, this is Tammy's time. All right, baby, why don't you come on up? I'm going to let Tammy come up and share a word with you. It's, we love it. It's home to us. When we talk about home, we, it's, it's the DR and everything. But as he said, we're being transparent. It's just not always easy, just like it's not easy all the time for you either. And um, when we moved to La Vega, I knew God called us there and everything, but I really struggled because I left teaching. And as most of you know, that's my passion. That's what I feel like I'm the best at that God gave me those gifts to use. And in La Vega, there was not an opportunity to do that. We had to homeschool, which I'd homeschool all my other kids, and that was fine, but they really struggled, too, because they had no other kids to do anything with. They didn't have the interaction that they had with the, at the other school that we were in in San Pedro. And um, for quite a while, I, just, I really struggled with what am I supposed to do? What was my new um, ministry supposed to be? I understand Spanish. I can talk at some when I'm not super nervous. But I'm just, I really, and, and we had a hard time with it because I don't feel capable to hold a Bible study with a bunch of ladies. I can understand if we're talking one-on-one, and I can understand them and try and help them. But I felt like on that level, it's just not something that I can do. And so then I had all the feelings of inadequacy and everything. Again, I don't know if you've ever been through that to where you, you feel like you're supposed to be doing something, but you really can't do it. And I just really went through a really low time. And I just kept telling the Lord, well, how am I supposed to be a missionary? I can't do this. I can't, you know, the ladies want Bible studies. And they know I can't do it. They're very kind to me, and I will, you know, talk to them. I can encourage them one-on-one, but actually to be able to go and sit in a Bible study. And now I can lead a Sunday school class once in a while, but that means that I've written everything down. And I'm, you know, it, and it's just not something I'm comfortable with at all. And I think the Lord took me through that time. Um, just to let me know that I'm here for you. Now, he didn't miraculously help me to speak Spanish. That's not what he meant at all. But it was just like knowing that if I do the best that I can where I'm at and what the gifts he's given me, I don't have to worry about what everybody else is thinking. Because, I mean, even when I lived here, you know, you do stuff and want to make sure everybody's happy with you. You don't want anybody to be upset or anybody thinking, oh, look what she did. But honestly, it's even harder as a missionary when people come and say, well, what do you do? 
Ah, uh, well, let's see. You know, I do the normal mom things. and um, But the Lord took me through that time to, to help me really to see that everything that I do, which my family is first and everything, but it's still to glorify him. And as long as I'm doing that, he's pleased. I was really challenged this morning. And, and you know, my ministry is that. And then I'm just very, very thankful. As he mentioned, the Lord opened up the door for us to go to Santiago Christian School. And that was my wonderful class. And I'm going to brag and be very, very thankful because I don't want the Lord to take it away. But I'm the only in the only building that has air conditioning. <laughs> and I'm like, the Lord did that especially for me because it's very, very hot there. And there's just one building out of all of them. It's a school of over 850 students. It's a totally different ministry than what we came from. The first ministry was to very poor, you know, different. And this is to the elite. My old school says, oh, so you transfer to the palace because it feels that way. But I know the Lord took us there, and, and the girls have all these opportunities now with sports and theater and, and different things, and they've really blossomed. The Lord has used it in their life. But I just love teaching, and I love investing in these lives. And all these little kids, I had 20 kids this year, and um, a f- just a very few of them are from Christian families. It is a Christian school, but 85 to 90% are non-Christians because they don't need Jesus because they have lots of money. And I mean, I had... Several of these children tell me this year, but Ms. Bird, we don't need that because, no, we don't go to church, you know. Well, because we go to this place, and that's where our second house is, and my dad just bought it, you know, and so it's a whole new ball game. but they still need Jesus. And so every day I was putting into them, and I'm just a quick blessing was the little guy there in the, in the blue shirt here, not next to Unyu, but Daniel. It was his first year, and his mom was his first year in the school, and he really didn't pass the entrance test to get into school. And by the way, another thing the Lord did for me is I teach all in English the whole day long because everybody there wants their kids to know English. So to come in, the kids have to be pretty fluent in English. Well, he wasn't. But because the mom was a new staff member, they let him in, and they like, can you work with him? Yeah, I'll work with him and everything. And I was always trying to make sure. And the one time I even spoke Spanish to him to try and make sure he understood, one of my other little kids said, what are you saying? I don't understand anything coming out of your mouth. And I was like, see, that's my Spanish level, you know. But um, in talking and kept getting him to realize that Jesus loves him. No matter what he does, Jesus loves him. And then we went on to about how it doesn't matter if your parents are saved. You have to make the decision for yourself. I can't do it for you. No one else can do it. And I didn't even know throughout the year that he was really, really listening. And at the end of the year, his mom gave a testimony about how Miss Tammy kept telling me this. And here he had gone home and said, well, Miss Tammy says this. What do you think? Is it true that God really loves me? Yes, Danny is, because she's a Christian, but they don't push it, you know, just to he gets to the age. And it was just really neat. She said that he just kept asking questions, and then she said, he kept saying, Miss Bird said, I have to make a choice by myself. You can't do it for me. Mom, can you, he says, I'm afraid to ask her, can you tell me how I can make that choice? And so she, with a close friend, was able to lead her own son to the Lord. But, you know, having a small part of it is just so worth it. Um, the little girl behind him in the pink Gary came in and did a couple lessons because they just think it's great when he comes in, too. And she accepted Christ at the end of that, learning all about, you know, so this is my ministry here. It's not big and grand, but I absolutely love it. I love being back in the classroom again. Our life has changed just in this last year because instead of being all home together all the time, 
we leave at quarter to seven in the morning, and some nights we don't get back till six o'clock, six thirty at night, because it's about a twenty-five minute drive and going back and forth with the girls being involved. But I've seen the Lord really use their teachers in their lives. Most are American teachers. Every class is in English, except their Spanish class and their Spanish history called Sociales. But um, the people that just come in for two or three or five years, the teachers that are coming over there, have made such a great influence in my girls' lives that they just love school, and it's just helped them too. So I'm very, very thankful. I really appreciate you all in your prayers and stuff. And um, it's we just live life there just like what you live here. You know, that it's hard, and I just want to encourage you, too, that if you're struggling with something, you don't have to be something you're not if that's not what God gave you. But to use what God gave you is just an awesome thing when he opens up those opportunities and stuff. Am I turned back on? There I am. Tammy undersells her. her, She's an incredibly gifted teacher. Um... She just does great things, and uh, it's exciting to watch the kids be transformed. You walk into her class, and the kids are just, man, putting their head down. They're working. They're, they're sweet spirit. They get along. She really is working in her, her gifted area, and, so, and she's having a great time. So we're thankful for that. We're thankful that God puts you in places that you enjoy. You know, God designed you to do a ministry, and he designed you to, you know, to work in your strength so you enjoy what you do. Um, let's keep going, brother. We'll wrap this up quicker than I... Um, Rick mentioned a couple of couples that are coming down to join us. Uh, these will be new team members, Cody and Julia. Obviously, we, they're hopeful for next summer. They're at 40% now, and, and they'll be able to go full-time deputation in January when she graduates um, from P- PCC. And then Taylor and Mary, I think they were with you guys uh, this last year or so. They're at almost 80%, and in fact, they're planning to be moved down in January. And so we're excited about having team members uh, the, both of those couples and um, Taylor's, fam- Taylor's mom and dad and grandparents will be coming down in two weeks to spend a week with us and, and um, look for a house and all that. So it's getting real. It's real. They're gonna be, they'll be here soon. So we're real excited about that, excited about having team members. Um, next one, brother. Oh, this is good. This is my friend Adolfo Carrera. Um, I'll do- Adolfo's daughters were the first two converts that we ever led to Christ in Ramon Santana, our first church plant. And um, Adolfo, like most Dominicans, set in the way Catholic, um, just very devout. They don't go to church, but they're devout Catholic. And um, he was 76 years old. Um, Right before we moved to La Vega, after visiting him countless times, um, I was able to lead him to Christ. And, um, and Adolfo, uh, he said, he would just say, no, I alter Dios. There's no other God, just one. And he became, he was very old and, and really struggled to walk. And he lived about a, well, for you and me, it would be a five-minute walk to our church. For him, it was a 15, 20-minute walk. And every Sunday, he'd walk down to church. He'd hobble down to church, sit in the very back row. And he didn't really open his mouth to sing or anything. He would just sit there and watch. But he was there every week. And um, in February, I had the privilege of preaching Adolfo's funeral. And I wanted to show you this picture because we have a brother in heaven right now. Because of you folks. Because of what you do. Your sacrifice. Your prayers. Uh, your faithfulness. And um, 
That's my buddy. And I told him when he was really sick, I said, now look, if you get to heaven before me, you've got to save me a place on your street so we can live together. So, um, uh, you know, I preached that funeral and, boy, I've never been around the colder atmosphere in, in a moment like that where this man just died. And I'm trying to preach the gospel and people are just looking around and they're talking and uh, it was really hard. But I was there not for, for them as much as I was for, for his family and trying to encourage them and provide counsel. So thank you for what you do and for your support, for your love. Um, let me say this and I'll be done. And I'll take some questions, okay? Um, I want to ask you to pray for us. Could you go to the next? I think there's one more. Maybe there's not. I don't know if I made it up. To, nope, there's probably not. Um, Ask you to pray for us. There's a, f- a few specific things that I'd like to ask you to pray for us. One, um, pray for our family. You know, um, I realized recently that what a blessing it was. Um, what I didn't, I didn't really appreciate all the blessing it was to be a part of this church. My kids grew up and had so many people pouring into their lives. Awana teachers and workers and leaders and games people and Sunday school teachers and um, and, and, you know, I, I just, and my younger three girls, uh, we were talking about a Bible story the other day, and one of the girls didn't, and I thought it was like one that everybody knew. And it hit me, she didn't know it, and it hit me that, well, they haven't grown up with good junior church and, and Sunday school teachers, and they, they've really had to do without in their own Christian education in our church plants, because we're working with new believers. And, and so, man, I thank you folks for pouring into my kids. Um, Charlie and Kathy, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Thank you. If you ask my kids, my three oldest, what person had the greatest influence on their spiritual life, they wouldn't say their dad. They'd say you folks. Junior high. And you didn't want to do it, Charlie. You remember? Kathy said, yeah, we'll do it. You know, Kathy, she'll charge hell with a squirt gun. And, um, but you guys, Annie, Pam, thank you, folks. And so pray for our family. Pray for my kids. Um, pray for my wife as we, as we try to do family life in another culture. Um, another thing you can pray for, and I've got a list here, just three or four things. Um, pray about our church move, possibly if, if God would have us to sell and move. Pray about that. I'll have to, to lead our church through that and, and, and help them understand how, why it would be a good thing. Um, pray for our new team members that are on the way as they get there, and, and that God will knit us together as one. Um, I mentioned praying for families and men that would step up. Uh, that's our greatest need right there, is we need men to step up. So just please pray for that. And then, um, and I mentioned this a while back, and I've, I, you know, when we moved from Ramon Santana, I had a really a great baseball ministry there. Um, in fact, there's three young men, I, I didn't put the picture in, but there's three young men that, that, that I led to Christ, that signed professional contracts that are playing minor league baseball in the U.S. They're in, in rookie league here in the States. And uh, they're all doing great. And, uh, and I, I reach out to them by Facebook from time to time. And, and they're all going to baseball chapel. And they tell me they're reading their Bible from time to time. And I'm real excited about that. And, you know, uh, but when we moved to La Vega, uh, they're just, I've not found the program, the right program to work with yet. And... Um, when I go back, that is one of my, my priorities is to, to keep banging on doors and finding a place 
that I can be involved in baseball ministry because I'm really effective there. I just know that's what God made me to do. And so uh, we're, I'm still working on seminary classes at the same time and, and trying to lead the church. But would you pray that God would lead me to the right place, that we could have a, a fruitful ministry in that again. So um, uh, any questions? Any good questions you'd like to, to ask? Or maybe a bad question doesn't really matter. I'll take any. And uh, if you don't, then I'm going to have to sing, and you really don't want that. So any questions? Yes, sir. No, sir. You know, in the in the government, speaking in tongues, um, in the Dominican, they love Americans because they bring tourism dollars. So we pretty much have free reign to do whatever we want to do. Um, the biggest hurdle for us is every year we have to renew our residency to be legal. That's kind of a hot button here. Well, it's a hot button in the DR, too. Um, they don't really enforce it much, but the Dominicans are very, um, they're upset with the Haitians that have come over after the earthquake and, um, and stayed and taken jobs and using up some of the resources. Um, we have to, we, we cost us $7,000 to get residency for our family for the six of us been on down about four years ago. And every year we have to renew it. Uh, we're on a, a probationary for five years, and it costs us right around $1,000. Um, and so uh, that's just a large... Now, thankfully, with the school, they help now with, with Tammy's and some of the, a couple of the kids. And so they decreases a little bit of that cost for us. But it's, it's just a lot of hoops. You've got to jump a lot of paperwork. If you've ever been in a, um, quote-unquote, a banana republic and tried to do anything with the government, it, it's just you want to pull your hair out and and... Bamboo shoots up your fingernails. It's terrible. It's so frustrating. Um, we don't know as much red tape as we have in this country. Boy, the U.S. is a wonderful place to live because you can, you have record, you can get things done. You can go to an office. You can go to the DMV. The DMV would be the pinnacle of government offices in the Dominican Republic. So I hope you understand. So, um, but then after five years, our our temporary um, residency becomes permanent. And we have to renew it every year. I said, well, that's not permanent. Oh, yeah, it's permanent. You still have to renew it every year. I said, so that's what we're dealing with. So, but yeah, so that's the biggest hurdle. So they're very good to us. Other questions? Okay, I'm going to start dancing. Okay, Brother Tim. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, sir. A lot do. Um, that's a great question. A lot do work if they can find work. Uh, we have, I showed you the picture of Ramona standing with Tammy, and she works in the free zone. It's a manufacturing area where they offer tax breaks to companies from the U.S. or Europe to come in and, and do manufacturing. Uh, we don't have much of a middle class in the Dominican. Uh, if we do, it's people that work in the free zone. Well, she, works, she works from about 7 o'clock to about 6 o'clock, um, five days a week, and then Saturdays, it's about a seven- to eight-hour day. And if they tell her you need to stay and work till 10 o'clock, they don't pay her anymore. They pay a daily wage or a monthly wage. They don't pay her anymore, and she can't complain because if you complain, you lose your job, and there's, there's somebody else waiting for it. So um, they do work some work. Um, I told you about 
the, the men and having multiple women. Some girls, their, their plan is basically to find a guy uh, when they're 16, 17, have a couple of kids, because he'll have to provide the money for those kids to live, uh, a couple, you know, $100 or so a month, and they'll live off that money with their kids, with their mother or with their extended family. There'll be three or four living together, and that's their plan. Um, prostitution is, is pretty prevalent in the Dominican. Um, Tammy one time was in the van with some of our ladies, and, and there was a group of girls um, that were prostitutes, and, and Tammy said, oh, that's just so sad. And the comment was, well, you know, they have to eat. And so they're so, the culture is so, it's just, there's just, there's no sensitivity to that. Women are just a, a piece of meat. You know, they, they don't have a lot of standing, and they, um, men don't listen to women. Uh, we have great guys in our church that won't listen to Tammy, and it drives her crazy. And so if it drives her crazy, it ends up driving me crazy. And, um, and it's not that they, they, they don't like her, but in our culture, they just don't value women. And they're just something to be, to, that's there for their pleasure or for whatever. And so um, it's an issue. Yeah. Exactly. They love their kids. Um, we had a lady in a, in a Bible study we were teaching. I first got there, and Julie and her husband uh, Domingo are passionate for Jesus, and they love the Lord and they love each other. And I was teaching about how our priorities are: we're God's first. And then we're, we belong to our spouse and then to our kids and our job and on down the line or whatever. And, and she got this look in her face. And I said, Julie, I can tell that doesn't sit right with you. What's wrong? She said, well, you know, I just thought that my kids would come before Domingo, my husband. And I said, why did you think that? She said, and I'll never forget this. He's sitting right beside her. And she meant no ill will to him at all. She said, well, you know, I'll always have my kids. Eventually, Domingo will leave. But I'll always have my kids. And so that's the mindset is that marriage is not lasting. Um, you know, we, if they marry, most of them don't marry. They just live together. They what they call union libre, uh, open marriage. And um, they'll call each other husband and wife, but they're not married. Um, we've, we had a couple just get married last fall. And um, it was a great day for our church uh, just before I left. They left the church. Broke my heart because we'd invested a ton of time. I was in their home every week for a year, discipling. And, and they got something in their craw, and, and she up and left. And that's what I'm talking about. There's just no, Dominicans don't commit to anything. They just don't. And so it's really hard to build consistent and, and to build a, a foundation. So, um, yeah, going back to your question, the family unit just doesn't exist, and um, it, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I can't even describe it. Um, when, the girl's dress is very immodest um, because it's all about attracting a guy so that you can have a relationship and that he will, he will pay for your kids and you'll have a way to live. Um, I don't want to oversimplify it, but that's a lot of it. So thank you for that question. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Do you have a problem with schedule, time, 
you know, um, in, in the Dominican, they're on Dominican time. And, and so if you know Latin American culture, it's just whenever they get there. You know, I, when I moved here from, from Philadelphia, I kind of had adjust that the pace of life in the South is a little bit different. Well, the Dominican is yet another adjustment. Um, when we first went to La Vega, folks would show up 15, 20 minutes late. And so we didn't have many people, so I couldn't really start on time with Tammy and the kids. So we would wait for people to show up. And finally, I was talking to one of our young, young adults, and I said, you know, are they late for everything? She says, Pastor, they have to be on time for work. They can be on time for church. So I said, you're right. Okay, folks, next week we'll be starting on time. I hope you make it. And so um, we've, we've done better. It's still, you know, Sunday school starts at 9.30 and folks roll up at 10.15 and come down. And when they walk into Sunday school, like if we have a class and they'll sit in a circle and there'll be 15, 20 adults sitting in Sunday school and they walk in late, they walk right in, they're going to sit in the middle of the circle and they have to greet every person. You're in the middle of teaching the lesson and you're at the end of the lesson, the key moment you're drawing the, and hey, how are you? How are you? And they're going to shake every person's hand. And you're like, hey, I'm glad you're here. You know, and you just kind of roll with it. Um, so, you no, know, time is an issue. Time is an issue. It's funny because they, they're late for everything, but they drive like bats out of Hades. And you're just like, what is this? But it's just what it is. It's a crazy culture. I love it. I love it. Anybody else? Great questions. I see that hand. No. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Yeah? You have a question? <laughs> Go ahead. One other prayer that I wanted to say, but I was too nervous to go back, um, is to pray for our new school. Because like I said, it is 80% unsaved people. And these are the people that have all the money, so they don't need God at all. And so the way we're reaching that is they're reaching their children. And they already have, this, the school is 50 years old. It started off as a missionary school, and now there's just very few of us. But it's, it's really a mission field And these families, these are our, our doctors, lawyers, lawyers, politicians, very influential people that their kids attend at school. And so it's, um, it is important. And uh, I will tell you this. I didn't say this, and I should have. I'm so proud of my girls, all my kids, because they are great missionaries, too. It's not just Tammy and I. They're great missionaries. They, they, they've won people to Christ. They've had a huge influence in others coming to the Lord. Uh, they stand for the gospel in their Christian school uh, when it's not easy. Um, Heidi has is, is more than once stood and said, no, that's not right. You can't do that. And with other American kids who are just lost. And so I, I'm super proud of my girls. Um, uh, all the time we hear comments from their teachers about what a, what a, a light they are. So um, they're great missionaries as well. So, well, thank you, folks. You know, when, I, when, um, when we write and say thank you for your support, please know that's from the very bottom of our heart. Um, we could not do what we do without you folks. Uh, not just the, the money, but the, 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 the Facebook messages, the emails. Um, one of the hardest things about being a missionary, for me there's two things that are really hard. Being separated from my family, from my kids and my mom, and Tammy's mom and dad. And the second thing is, is just being isolated. You just feel isolated. We're in a town of 300,000 people. And there's, we're pretty much the only Americans we ever see. 
There, there might be two other American families, but they're Pentecostal and we don't interact with them much. They have a Christian school that's a little different. And so um, we're pretty much isolated. And it just gets, it gets, it gets old sometimes. So thank you for your notes, your, your cards, your, uh, your prayers. Truly makes a difference. And we love you folks. We're so thankful to, that God led us here to, to allow us to go into what we're doing now. We love what we do, and uh, we hope to do it the rest of our lives. But thank you, Pastor, for tonight and the opportunity to share. Love you very much. got me here. I don't have a strong voice, so I have to come up here. Thank you, bud. They'll be here for a few minutes after church if you'd like to chat with them and hug their necks and uh, pray for them. They'll be, I believe, uh, tomorrow evening sometime heading back to uh, the Knoxville area where Gary's mom is. But I appreciate uh, how God is using them and doing a work in their lives and through their lives. It's a joy to pray for them as well as all of our other missionaries, but they're very special to us. So let's pray together for them, and we will be dismissed. Let me encourage you that uh, that you have a work. This morning I read a verse to you in Luke twenty four forty seven. 47. The gospel is to be preached uh, to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. That means that your office and your neighborhood, that your sports team, the person that's your Jerusalem is whoever's closest to you. That's in Acts one eight two, and then it emanates from there. And you have a responsibility uh, to witness and reach other people and disciple them. I hope you'll do that. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for...